chance to win this with a field goal. Give me time. Give me time. Wait, there's a timeout. They're going to ice the kicker. I've never seen anything like this in my life. The snap is good. Threads are up. It's time to ice the kicker. Welcome along uh, to all of the regulars and all of the new people. So lovely to have you on board with us for another week, which is not just like any other week, Charlie Hawkins, who is sat beside me. It is our 21st episode. This is big news in the world of ice the kicker. Boom. Thank you. MTV are getting in touch. (laughs) Sweet 21, my friend. I love it. I'm, I was wondering what like the significance of 21 is, but of course it's MTV, isn't it? It's massive. We can drink in America. Thank you. We can do what we want. Oh. What a week to turn 21 Super Bowl week. And, and this is what we were worried about with this podcast. We had to wait until it was officially 21 episodes old so that we could have a drink, toast on it. Show. We've been drinking tea in all the other podcasts. <laughs> and just making... Well, there's a couple of sneaky ones behind hey. uh, closed eyes. Uh, listen, um, Super Bowl 53 is happening this very weekend. And this is kind of what this podcast is about this week. We're obviously going to have our usuals, which we do in the first quarter of every episode, is talk about the news. And then we are ramping it up because it is the biggest game of the season. That's what people say, but I feel like there's only two teams we're going to focus on, but in the news, we'll cover a few other teams and what's going on in the world. Uh, So listen, uh, if you are new, welcome along to the podcast. We're just NFL fans that love talking about NFL. So don't forget any point during your listening of this podcast you can pause it and tweet us at ice the kicker pod we're also on instagram and we have to do it we have to do it charlie we have to promise everybody today that we will sort out the facebook page is it going to happen are you going to hold me to that i promise okay perfect and we're gonna have a small snack you said uh, after the podcast this week uh so right then uh, let's get to it charlie are you feeling pumped for this are you feeling ready for this i'm pumped it's what the whole year we wait on this the culmination of the season it is the super bowl it's the biggest sporting event and I am pumped. Yeah, um, I was doing a little bit of research about the money that comes into it, but uh, that may come up later in the podcast. Um, we are going to be doing, and I should probably highlight it now, a little mini breakdown of the road to the Super Bowl for the Rams and also be doing a mini-esque road breakdown uh, of the Patriots. But first, as always, we start with the news. And uh, there was no NFL happening last week. Um, there was this thing called the Pro Bowl. Uh, but to me, Charlie, um, and I'm not, I'm not going to uh, downplay it in any way. I think it's an amazing event for people, fans getting closer to the players that they've loved all year. Uh, it finished 26 to 7 uh, in, in favour of the AFC teams uh, against the NFC teams. Um, lots happened. Bit, pretty rained off though, wasn't it really? Yeah, it wasn't great for the fans, but you know, fair play. They stuck with it in that freezing cold rain, apparently, especially as the game was played in F- Florida. It was uh, quite unfortunate. But yeah, look, it's just a celebration of uh, players' achievements that year. And you know, you want them to be highlighted and celebrated as much. But as an actual competitive game, it is almost played at walkthrough speed. Yeah. So it's not one to really get excited about and count down the minutes. No, but then when you're watching it, you're like, well, I know there's no other NFL on right now, so I'm going to watch it and enjoy it. But then you, you do find yourself getting a bit frustrated. You're like, come on. They should have been able to tackle. That cornerback should have had Ebron there, you know. Uh, but there were some funny moments of um, in the build-up to it, and you're seeing your players do their skills levels. Uh, one of the Jets players, 
absolutely took out the Patriots mascot, uh, which is, is it, which caused a bit of anger from all sides saying mascots are people too. think of that guy who was inside the mascot uh, and, and everything. But it was some very funny moments. But what was interesting at uh, Mahomes, Trubitsky and also uh, from that Deshaun Watson, all from the same draft class uh, a year on uh, getting to compete in a Pro Bowl. So that's an amazing achievement for the talent that is in the draft. Oh, yeah, massively. And, you know, players who have made the, the Pro Bowl in their first year, you know, Derwin James, Denzel Wall, to name but a few. And it, it, that's what I mean. It's the greatest celebration of players who who, who didn't make uh, the Super Bowl or the playoffs just so we can really come out in force. And also, what I quite like is, you know, if you have a team that you support, you know, Green Bay and the 49ers, it's it's a chance to root for other players that you secretly love but don't play for your team. <laughs> yeah. So I can appreciate Russell Wilson and I can cheer for him in the NFC this week and, and I can go, cool, like Russell Wilson throwing to Devontae Adams. Like imagine that matchup. So we can see matchups that potentially would never see over yeah. the course of the next 10 years because those teams wouldn't play for their other respective teams. So there's quite a cool element yeah. to that. It's a, a little mini free agency period in my head. I would definitely, and I don't know if you're up for this, but I know we're talking on a bit of a, a podcast which we record live. Interesting enough, little fact that probably people don't know about this podcast. We never end up editing this podcast. It's just we we click record and then we go for it, uh, which is just an interesting, if you like podcasts. That's, yeah, where's we your trumpet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd love to go along because you do get closer access to those players and it's all for the fans and um, it would be a, a lot of fun. Uh, moving on to the other news at the moment, um, hirings and firings. Those Chiefs, Mahomes um, had a good uh, showing in the AFC team. Uh, Bob Sutton uh, been released of his duties at the Chiefs as the defensive coordinator. A bit of a shock or not really seeing as as a team they finished 31 out of 32 in terms of defence. Yeah, I think statistically it's not a shock, is it, when you put it like that? And uh, for how much they offer on offence, if if only that defence could even be halfway, midway in those statistics, then maybe they might be looking at the Super Bowl now, if D Ford lines up on side, they, that one play probably got uh, Bob Sutton fired. But it's always a shame when people lose their job. Apparently he's very close to Andy Reid. And sometimes, you know, the coaches, coordinators, they're all, they're, they're fired and they're always the ones uh, that the blame's laid at. But did he have the players? They couldn't execute his ideas. You know, there's there's a lot of other factors and injuries. But yeah, statistically, it's not been a great year for them, even though they, believe it or not, for 31 out of 32, as me and you found out earlier, the Kansas City Chiefs lead the way in all-time sacks this year. I think it's yeah. 52 sacks. So, I mean, he's doing something right there in the pass rush. But yeah, uh, Steve uh, Spagnolo, I think it's pronounced, he has now been hired as the new defensive coordinator, a long-time Jets defensive, uh, Giants defensive coordinator, 10 years. So uh, it was another New York team. <laughs> um, uh, slip of the tongue there, Freudian but slip. But didn't he have a sabbatical or didn't he have a year off? Yeah, well, well, uh, yeah, we'll call it a sabbatical. He got let go and uh, wasn't, wasn't <laughs> hired anywhere else. He's probably still getting paid by the Giants. Mate, we've all been, uh, I'm, I'm currently on a few sabbaticals for yeah, a few yeah. other jobs I've had. Uh, but he, he comes in and he should be able to offer his experience uh, for the Giants. They've had like, back in the day, they've had some pretty good defences that have, have helped them win uh, Well, Super they Bowls. have. They, yeah, exactly. They've won Super Bowls. But again, there's always two ways of looking at it. Statistically, they've never had a top 10 defence under uh, Spagnuolo. So they're not, it's not like, oh, we know what mm. we're getting here. But, you know, there was a team that was always focused on offence around the drafting and for Eli and stuff. But he's another uh, friend of Reed's and they go way back. So hopefully, fortunate changes for As the, long as he's not 31st. As long as his defence isn't 31st. You just need to be about really halfway. the only way is up, isn't it? Yeah, we found it fascinating when we were looking at the stats for Green Bay. And you one fact you said that was really interesting was the fact that you've had you're really quite high up in terms of sacks, and you really haven't got a pass rush uh, threat. 
So it's, mm. it's interesting that you've got that many sacks compared to a team we're going to be talking about later on, those Patriots, uh, joint 30th in terms of sacks. They only got 30 in the regular season and the bottom was the Raiders with 13. So does it matter? I don't know. It's an interesting one because the Patriots are in a Super Bowl final. Exactly. And that's so, a, so you can never tell. And the Chiefs who lead the way aren't in the Super Bowl final. So it's a very interesting flip side, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, also, Charlie, um, let's talk about those Colts. Uh, we talked about how uh, they got to uh, the one in the wild card against the Texans and then lost eventually to those Chiefs we just mentioned. Um, they have re-signed uh, for his 12th contract. Um, you might be able to hear a bit of uh, soaring in the background. We'll have to just battle on with that. But anyway... Oh, it is soaring. I thought it was music. <laughs> no, it's definitely sorry, Joe. Um, Vinatieri, 12th contract. He's 46 years of age. He's signed for another one-year extension with the Colts as a kicker. And as this podcast is all about icing the kicker, uh, he's very much on fire and uh, gets another contract. Yeah, shout out to him. It's his 12th uh, NFL contract in his 24th year. I mean... Not only that, he's leading the way in all-time points scored at 2,600. I mean, because you, you said to me, I can't believe they're paying him quite a lot of money, but mm. it's not a lot of money. It's a drop in the ocean. The Colts have 122 million in cap space. So it's not like, oh, where are we going to have to push some money aside here and guarantee? So, And when you've got a player that consistent... He's the GOAT. He's won Super Bowls. Why, why wouldn't you? They can now easily bring some an undrafted kicker through, learn from him this year. And if you're still doing it like Tom Brady, if you're performing at a level that's deemed uh, acceptable enough, then why wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I, I get that. I think my, my not the issue with him. Vinatieri is great. I just remember his last game. You're only as good as your last game. And I think... That's one way of looking at life. Uh, against the Chiefs, he missed a couple of field goals. He missed his, his shortest range field goal he's ever missed in that, in that game. He is, father time is catching up with him. He's going to be on $3.87 million. Uh, interesting fact for you, Charlie. He's earned, this year will take him over $51 million when he gets paid in the 2019 Ooh. season. Uh, four-time Super Bowl winner. So you're getting class. You're getting um, experience. Maybe a great locker room guy as well. Great exactly. to have around. So, so, so there's an extra element of taking on. And you do, as you say, a lot of teams get rid of kickers to try and make up some salary cap, um, but not those Colts. They don't need it. Uh, another guy, uh, Father Time is definitely on his side. Larry Fitzgerald at the Cardinals. Um, he's got a contract extension, um, which is pretty good. It's 16th NFL season for him, which is going to be great for the Cardinals and their new coach uh, who's, uh, who's come in, who's going to have to need some sort of weapon for, for Josh yeah Cliff Kingsbury I think he's such an important face of not only the Cardinals truly the NFL you know he's the ultimate professional he's one of the good guys and I think they've gone so new on this new school offense and young he's a great guy to have around and they haven't got that many pieces the Cardinals so don't don't lose Larry Fitch, you know, they need more than just even with him. So no, it was, it was a, it was a no brainer really this deal, but I'm, I'm excited. I really want the Cardinals. If they shore up that offensive line, see what they can do under Cliff Kingsbury, but it's exciting times. And talking of kickers, just yeah. to go back, uh, another kicker, unfortunate now we say Adam Vinatieri, who has signed another deal. Cody Parker could be on his way out of the Chicago Bears, uh, obviously the infamous uh, icing of the kicker, the double doink against the Eagles in the playoff game. And uh, 
There's been a lot of this because they signed him to a massive deal last offseason, and he's guaranteed, if they cut him or keep him next year, 3.65 million or something around that. So similar to what Vinatieri mm. is. So if they cut him, they've got to pay him that anyway. But he hasn't been great. He's, he was, uh, he's statistical of making kicks last year wasn't that fantastic, but they signed him to this huge deal, and they've actually already been working out kickers um, this this offseason. And uh, they've actually signed one, Redford Jones, I believe his name is. So he will be the kicker competition in the training camp this offseason. But it's interesting because after this whole kicking uh, miss and everyone, they rallied around him, the players and Cody Powell's like, look, um, Matt Nagy and uh, Pace, the GM, were like, we're going to you know, really rally around him. And then he went on a talk show. Oh, of course he did, didn't he? Yeah, and Matt Nagy was not pleased, and that is putting it generously. He said, you know, the Chicago Bears were all about we, not me, and this was a very me thing, talking about me and how it's affected me. He's like, we've already supported him as a team, so I don't think he was best pleased, and now they're already working out kickers, so watch this space. Yeah, well, with that three million that he will get, he can definitely order in if he's still living in Chicago, you know, because uh, a lot of Chicago fans are like, what? The kicker, they'd blame it uh, unnecessarily, but it's a mental game as well. And a kicker, you start missing kicks, you know that Nagy's not happy that you did this for you. Uh, that will be an interesting one to see how that plays out. Um, an injury, a guy that will not be appearing in 2019, Cody Parkey might not be coming back for the Bears. Uh, Alex Smith, and I'm quite sad about this one, he's going to miss the whole of the 2019 season, uh, the quarterback for the Redskins, which is interesting. And I'm Redskins fans, you know who you are. Uh, do tweet us at Ice the Kicker Pod to let us know what you think. They're going to have to draft a, a quarterback potentially, or they'll, they'll stick um, with what they've got and they had a few injuries in that department, but Alex Smith was their guy. He was going to be their guy for the next few years, wasn't he? Well, or the big one that you're missing out, free agency. That, yeah. Do they go for, you know, Flacco could be on the market, Nick Foles could be on the Bridgewater. market, Teddy Bridgewater behind Drew Brees. So, and, you know, everyone has their price. This is a massive, massive off-season for the Washington Redskins. They've sort of been a little bit of the doldrums. I know they only won the title, division title, a few years back, but Cousins has gone, you know. Um, but let's not forget, Charlie. Snyder gets a lot of uh, grief, as yeah. does the general manager, Allen. And now they, they put all their chips, as you would say, <laughs> into Alex Smith. And obviously, no one foresaw this. You know, it's so unfortunate. And we've spoke about this before. It's... Any injury is horrible, but to someone of the class and dignity of Alex Smith and someone we've both actually admired uh, watching over the years, it's just horrible. And, and you never want to see someone go out that way, but it's, it's a massive now. Do they trade up you know, yeah. to get that pick or do they go for agency? It's, it's a real big time in the Washington Redskins franchise and it's one they have to get right. They do have to get right. Uh, interesting enough, and all I was going to say was in the NFC uh, East at the top there, they were, they were dominating at the beginning of the season and then because of the injuries one after the other started coming in it allowed the Cowboys the Eagles to come back into that division and um, they were flying at one point the Redskins so they've got talent there it's just it's just making the right decisions which you need a good GM then you need a good uh, head coach and that's what sort of held them back they need good personnel decisions the defense has been very good that was that was the uh, one shining point for Mm -hmm. them which the the offense almost slightly holding them back but then the defense apparently this offseason the owner Snyder was talking to other defensive coordinators while keeping his other defensive coordinator in place and he said oh we knew he was on board so it's yeah some some not great times there but it's going to be huge what they do and as always and I'm sure we'll get to it in later pods it will affect the draft we'll get to this point in the season where breaking news teams will be drafting uh, trading up to get to those uh, certain spots indeed uh, that will definitely be a future Ice the Kicker podcast that we go into alright so 
end of the first quarter done that is the news updated uh we will keep you updated for the next podcast we do in any news developments however we now move to it because it is Super Bowl 53 heading up uh, this weekend. I've already looked at the halftime entertainment. I'm very excited about it, Charlie, because um, it's going to be a late one. Marine 5 are going to be playing. Does that mean anything to you, halftime? It means I'll probably make a tea at that point. Yeah, me too. Travis Scott is also <laughs> performing. Uh, and uh, Big Boy, uh, formerly of Outcast, probably still technically part of Outcast, and he's performing mm. because he is an Atlanta man. That is your uh, halftime entertainment done. And a good choice and a good example of playing a bit of their music right now. Uh, which is quite nice in a way. No. Okay. I'll stop it. Yeah. Um, all right, Charlie, we move into it. Let's get to that Super Bowl by talking about how the Rams made it on the road. Talk to me generally about their season. What have you liked about them? What have you think that they kind of need to change or, or, or do differently? Or what have you had, have not liked about them? Just give me, give me the breakdown for, for the Rams in your opinion. Um, the breakdown of the Rams, 13 and three, um, NFC West champions. I really like the Rams. I think most people do. If you don't have that conflicting rivalry, you support a division rival like yourself, then, you know, you can't do nothing but admire them. They're a, they're a force to be reckoned with on offense. And not only that, they're a, they're a force to be reckoned with on defense because they have these star names. And this this new wave in the NFL where before you didn't really see much trade deadline action and free agency. And then the last few years, it has really taken off. And it's only what I can really describe it as the Rams. It's almost an aggressive pursuit of glory. And, and this offseason, firstly, they trade for Peters. Mm. They then trade for uh, Akib Talib. They then sign Adomican Sue in free agency. They then go and trade for Brandon Cooks. They pin Gurley down to an extension. They give Aaron Donald, make him the highest paid player, defensive player in the league. They trade for Dante Fowler at the trade deadline around October, I think it was. And then Gurley goes down and they make one of the greatest f- f- street free agents sign. Anderson! There you go. So when we're talking about a team Mm. and a front office aggressively saying we're not rebuilding we're going all out to win the Super Bowl in this window you kind of have to applaud it and I love it because it's a complete contrast into our other teams are built and especially the Patriots who they're going up against yeah and well they're quite aggressive in some ways they they really they they will make trades you know Josh Gordon and free agency but they don't hold on to in terms of balancing the books I'd just say that in terms of what they are able to do we'll come to it everyone's got a value for the Patriots and they'll never overpay that's why big names have left and gone Mm. for other deals and they've left some players who still had a lot of mileage left on the clock but if we go back to the Rams it's just it's very interesting that Two years ago, why they are, the, for me, the blueprint of how, how we now see teams trying to copy them mm. and uh, imitate what they have. Because two years ago, Jeff Fisher leads the uh, Los Angeles Rams. They are the worst team, on average, uh, for scoring points per game. Sean McVay comes in, and almost immediately... They go not jump to, like you said, oh, mid-table, like how mm. we were talking about the Chiefs defence. They jump to first. They're first in scoring. That's 32 to 1. That is an incredible turnaround. That's not just down to players. That's coaching as well. And that is massive. And in their first McVeigh season, well, they finished with Fisher 4-12. and 12. In their first season with McVeigh, they go 11-5. They're beaten in the playoffs to the Atlanta Falcons. Still a great turnaround. Yeah. Second year, 13-3, and three, they reached the Super Bowl. So... Progression. Progression. But not only that, it's quick progression. And, and it gives every team that glimmer of hope. If you're now sitting at 4 and 12, 5 and 11, or 3 and 13, and you're like, 
okay, we're going to make a coaching change. We're going to be aggressive with draft picks. We're going to mm-hmm. be aggressive in free agency. We've got a quarterback who's on a younger, uh, a first-time rookie contract, like uh, a, a cheaper deal, yeah, as it is uh, cheap, it. Not, but you know, <laughs> in the scheme of things, then we can really go. And we're seeing it now because... The Chicago Bears with Mitch Trubisky, they were aggressive. They went out and got Mack, and they went out and got Allen Robinson. And we're seeing it with the Eagles. You know, Wentz, they signed uh, Alshon Jeffrey. They signed Bennett. They, they've signed, they've, they went and traded for Golden Tate. These Ajayi are, came yeah, in as well. To all, to all name but a few. So we're seeing now, this is the kind of blueprint. So we're seeing teams now can go, hey, we are rebuilding. We are resetting. But it's not a five-year rebuild because... The Rams reached the playoffs in year one of McVay, and they reached it in two. And this was a team that were 4-12 and 12 and were last in scoring. So it can happen. Mm. So as a fan there, you only think one good free agency, one good draft, and it could all be changed next year. Yeah. And that's really what I love about the NFL because everyone has a chance. Mm. So I kind of love this aggressive. And for if they win, it proves that this model works. Yeah, amen to that. And I, and I love the way you put it because there's teams that I look at w- with only a few tweaks, a few changes. Um, and I don't know, I don't want to give it away because we will, t- when I say give it away, I, I don't want to talk about it too much now. But I have genuinely been blown away by reading this book, which I keep telling mm. you, I'm like, you've got to read this. Bruce Arians going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is a team I feel like with a few tweaks in terms of offense and the yards that they, they, they churn out. And he being a defensive man, he can, well, he's offensive, but he's going to bring in Todd Bowles. That's the team that could be the model of the Rams. And I reckon they're a team that will be following the lead of the Rams. So that's how significant the Rams have been to highlight them. They've done an amazing job. And, and it's not, and they've made Jared Goff. Like what has McVeigh done to make him the, the, the all-star that he's beginning to perform at? Three losses though. If you aim and focus on them for a second, Charlie, only three losses, not too bad. They're all against playoff teams. Um, they played the Saints, lost to them 45-35. They lost to the Bears 15-6. Eagles 30-23. Uh, a stat that came out said that Jared Goff is the difference. If he can make sure there's no turnovers, the Rams win the game. And that's kind of what they're focusing on for this Patriots game. Do, do you think he's the difference maker, Jared Goff, when he's going into that Super Bowl? Not necessarily, because firstly, what, what a calibre of team. If you're telling me they've only lost three uh, games and they're all to playoff teams. It shows you the the talent and ability in this team. But to go back to the Goff and interceptions, yeah, he, he has to be on form. As you know, he's in the Super Bowl. If 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 he can be lights out, then it's going to make a massive difference. If your QB comes in uh, not firing on all cylinders, you're facing an uphill task. But he got an interception in that Saints game, and they mm. went on to win the game. So. Listen, he's going to have to be good, but everyone has to have their role. You know, without wanting to refer to the Patriots, do your job. Everyone has a yep. job. Do your job. And, and this is why this, this aggressive pursuit, as I keep saying, and I love McVeigh's because he's a very smart man because, yeah, Goff had to improve and it's been fantastic bond and coaching between them two. But he was very smart because he didn't just come in and be like, okay, I'm, t- I'm bringing new concepts and new wave ideas on offense. He knew the first thing he went out and done was shore up that offensive line. They signed Andrew Whitworth from the Cincinnati Bengals and he's been brilliant. Protection for Goff, time for Goff, time to pull mm. off these concepts. And then the first thing he'd done, he was a first-time head coach, very young, he brought in Wade Phillips, who, A, has been a head coach before, been a def- uh, fantastic defensive coordinator at the Broncos. They won a Super Bowl. He can get... 
give him guidance, counseling, advice, take over a defense. And it's not like, oh, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to be so great in offense, we won't need defense. He's like, no, we're going to need it because in some games, we're not going to be fine. We're going to need the defense to pull us through. And yeah. that's what they've cleverly done. It's not just been this fantastic, wow, we're blowing everyone away on offense. Yeah, we are because the defense are getting you on the field because we've got Tlaib, Fowler, Donald. It's all over. Yeah. And that's where they've been very, very clever. Uh, third in terms of interceptions, the Rams out of all the other NFL teams in regular season. And Wade Phillips, 49th year coaching to the experience he offers is what's going to count. It is interesting that McVeigh's the young model that you're talking about the Rams as a whole organization, what they're doing in free agency, being aggressive. McVeigh has got this kind of youth on his side, taking on Bill Belichick. Um, do you think McVeigh's going to have enough experience to take on the sensei, the master that is Bill Belichick? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you've, they've both earned their stripes. I mean, obviously, Bill Belichick is obviously earned stripes. But, you know, if you're in a Super Bowl, you've earned it. Make no mistake about that. You don't, these aren't given away. You're not granted. If you're there, you're there for a reason only. Mm-hmm. It's not, not by luck over a course of a season. So they've earned it. You're in, that, you're in that arena. Go for it. But the one game to me, and, you know, I've just big up McVeigh a lot, that all, and I've mentioned it on this pod, that's, that really worries me, concerns me, mm. is when the Rams played the Vikings last year, they were blowing everyone out and Zimmer absolutely schooled him on a defensive game plan and the Rams didn't know what to do and the Vikings won the game and they wasn't the, the favourites to win the game and they sort of neutralised and nullified them on defence and it always sticks up in my mind. Just as like, oh, the Rams are at home and then the Falcons beat them and with Bill Belichick given two weeks to work on the Rams with this off week, it's dangerous. It's dangerous on one week. And, you know, he has a great record coming off of uh, these gaps. And they, he always says he, they, he knows how to take away your best we- weapon. But with the Rams, they have a numerous weapon. And one of the weapons that I did want to mention that doesn't get a lot of love is that defense. And that's because when you're, when you're the star, when, mm. you're the, when you're the glamour, when you're the pull of anything, you know, people always want to talk about you. You're the face of it. But people forget without want of a better word, the little men, the people behind the scenes. And that's the defense because in that game, yeah, the Rams won it and they went down and got the points. But people forget that the Saints punted four times consecutively. That's the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Their third down, getting them off the field and their red zone stops, you know, that was where the game was won and lost. Yeah. They offered nothing in the second half, the Saints on offense. Because Breeze had to push it. They had to make those. And then when you're getting the quarterback having to push it, that's when the interceptions were more likely to come. So they did a fantastic job. I I, I totally agree with you on that, Charlie. Um, um, I don't know. I I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. What Bill Belichick will do is where can he target the Rams to to sort of break them? Um, And what I quite like about the Rams is the fact that Todd Gurley has not been in his best form last couple of games. However, CJ Anderson's stepped up. So is Brandon Cooks. Uh, So is Woods as well, their wide receiver. They've all stepped up. So it doesn't, you can't really target one of them because they've got weapons, two wide receivers easily and two running backs that you, you, you have to target. So it's not as if you can target one player. Will he target Aaron Donald to make sure that he doesn't uh, ruffle the feathers of someone like um, uh, Tom Brady? Do you reckon that's where he could tackle it? I think it? it's key. They have to stop the run. They mm. have to stop the run, the Patriots. and Because um, the Saints did a good job of, of that. Yeah, uh, they did. And then, and then Goff had to go elsewhere. But Goff loves a deep ball and they loves a deep throw. And that, so the Patriots have been targeted there a lot. You know, the Chiefs games come to mind with Tariq Hill. So, th- look, there's many ways, but... 
you know, as always, the Patriots will have a plan for it and I'm sure they'll implement it very well. Brian Flores and Josh McDaniel, you know, they've their works always come uh, trumps because their game plans are, have been fantastic in this postseason mm. and in their career before. But uh, it'll, it'll be exciting. But the Rams do have a ways that uh, they can hit you. Yeah. Do you think, uh, just noticing the fact that uh, Aqib Talib uh, and Cooks, the only team members with Super Bowl experience, whereas you look at that Patriots team, I think that's, that, that would be the only thing I'd look at the Rams and go, look, they did amazingly uh, with McVeigh. They, they lost out in the postseason last year. This year, they're in the Super Bowl now that level of inexperience will give the Patriots an edge or will it be actually something that helps the Rams push on and say, we've got this because, you know, that they're fearless right now going into the Super Bowl? I think experience, I'm sort of going to be a hypocrite here. I personally think experience counts for everything. You can't Mm. be experienced. Nothing outweighs experience. Um, But also it's a game of levels and a game of ability. And if the Rams are firing on all cylinders and the Patriots who have looked sometimes not in the playoffs that's for sure looks a little bit vulnerable a little bit suspect then it doesn't matter about experience because ability will win out Mm. so there's a lot there's a lot to be said for both and when these games and these titles and when you're mighty champions like these two heavyweights are then it comes it comes down to a game of margins and experience could be one of those margins but also it could be a margin of ability so there, there, there's a lot there's a lot of factors is what i'm trying to say i'm not sitting on a fence i think experience yeah. is important but it's not the be all and end all it's kind of it is age over it's youth versus age here isn't it and i think that's what like you mentioned you you told me about what uh julian edelman's been shouting in tom brady's face uh which is incredible i i do think it does come down to it it just looks that way you've got the cornerbacks like stephen gilmore for the patriots is gonna have to stop woods uh it's a matchup of i'm and I'm just going to say this, and not just because it is a Super Bowl, I'm so excited to watch this game. We had two fantastic uh, championship games with the Saints taking on uh, the Rams that went to overtime, and so did the Chiefs versus the Patriots. If you love your NFL, you are going to love this weekend in terms of the... It's going to be a massive game of chess. Yeah, massively. And, and you know what? I'm glad you said it because personally, I, I couldn't agree more. People say, oh, the final we wanted was the Chiefs and the Rams. Yeah, you did if you was a Chiefs fan, but I know it was a great game, 54-51, but... You're telling me you don't want the Rams, who are great all over, and then against the Patriots, who are possibly the greatest sporting dynasty. You know what I mean? How many Super Bowls? They've, this is their third one on the trot. So what? You don't want the literally the you know what's the Goliath yeah. the sporting champions versus the newcomer on the block, the Rams. I mean, like you said, it's Tom Brady forty-one versus Jared Goff twenty-four, I believe, which is mm. the seventeen-year. Uh, um, year difference and that is the biggest largest shall I say in Super Bowl history between two quarterbacks you couldn't ask for more of a better final the sensei like you said of Bill Belichick <laughs> up against the young Padawan in Sean McVeigh. <laughs> this is the Obi-Wan to the young Anakin or the Qui-Gon Jinn yes that is a good bit of Star Wars knowledge there uh, well look I mean just to put it into context the Patriots first ever Super Bowl win uh, was in the year 2002 but it was the 2001 season um, the, they got the, they beat the Rams Interestingly enough, the St. Louis Rams back then, McVeigh was 16 years of age and Jared Goff was seven years of age. I mean, that's 
that's quite i just quite like that as a fun what does it mean probably nothing but it's just quite interesting to know the experience that the patriots have this is going to be their ninth super bowl for the rams uh it's going to be their fourth super bowl um and they have won it they they beat the titans back in the 1999 season uh so there's kind of experience within the the organization they've got a history um because some teams haven't made it and this is where i'd like to put in a quiz oh what are you ready for your quiz question charlie it just seems fitting right now and we'll come back to the rams in a second and this is for everybody as well i would like you charlie to tell me the four teams because i got stuck there for a second never to reach a super bowl there are four teams (laughs) okay four teams um just gonna think non-super bowl winners so uh the detroit lions Okay, wow, he's got one in one. Yeah, I'll take that. And then Three others. if I apply a little... That's putting me off! <laughs> if I apply a little bit of logistics <laughs> to it, then I'd probably say the newer franchises, such as the Houston Texans. Boom! Correct. And then, if that's correct, maybe the Jags? Unbelievable. Right. Well, is that right? Yeah, you've got one left. Uh, how many guesses do I get? You can have as many as you want, but don't forget the podcast has a certain time limit. Okay. <laughs> one more team. Um, do you want a little clue it's really subtle the people's team no I was going to I was going to say the titans that is incorrect Charlie okay and one more guess and everyone else the people's team yeah they feel like the people's team people root for them at the moment the last couple of years they root for them that's really thrown me because my last guess would have been the Bengals no, the Bengals, interestingly enough, uh, have not won a Super Bowl. They're one of the 12 teams, but it's the Browns. The Browns are the only ah. other team not to have won a Super Bowl. Yes, but what? that's well three. done. I've got three for me. Yeah. That is sterling work. Interestingly enough, the Patriots, if they win the Super Bowl on Sunday, they uh, equal the Steelers winning six Super Bowls. Um, the Green Bay Packers have got four. The Niners have got five. Uh, Patriots are currently on five. Giants have got four. Cowboys, five as well. So just a little interesting fact there. Anything else you want to say about them Rams and, and their season so far to get to this point? No, I'm just, I'm really excited. I think, I think we're ready to talk the Pats unless, right. unless you've Let's got more Rams no, talk. No, I, I like it. Now, interesting enough, uh, on Madden 19, they do this game simulation, Charlie. And uh, it came down to it. They, they played the simulation and Madden 19 reckons uh, that the Rams win 30 to 27. Now, do we take anything? Should we listen to this? Should the Patriots, who we're about to talk to, listen to this? Because last year, the simulation said the Patriots were going to beat the Eagles. As we know, that didn't happen. The year before, they did say the Patriots beat the Falcons. And the one before that, the Panthers to beat the Broncos. So it's every other year. Yeah, I don't know how much I'll read into this. because then Madden 19 an- thinks Rams are going to win, mate. Yeah, but I saw another thing. They played at so many simulations, like in every possible uh, different scenario or outcome that could be with players and formations and the average score they they added them all up and the average score the patriots win by one was the other one okay. by 1.3231 i believe so yeah i mean take it's like that octopus it. do you remember at the world cup <laughs> yeah it just right. did it but I, I i think that's to the rams that's that's the final point i want to make on there rams fans get excited because madden 19 reckons you're going to win it however let's move into that third quarter right now we need to talk the patriots the patriots this is their ninth super bowl charlie where do we start because in the last podcast we talked very favorably about the patriots they 
that's phenomenal as a stat. Well, we 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 tipped our hat, you know. Credit where it's due. It wasn't it wasn't a loving. It was just you know you you can't you can't you can't say anything because if you do, you're a hater, and that, yeah. and that's that's facts. You know, you yeah. if your if your team repeatedly gets to Super Bowls, I mean, it's three straight um, Super, Super Bowls. Bowls, and other teams that have done this now actually, the Dolphins, seventy two, they lost seventy three, they won seventy four, they won. The Bills, 91, 92, 93, 94, four consecutive finals, four consecutive <laughs> defeats. Weirdly enough, yeah. all of those three teams, AFC East. Really? Well, yeah, Dolphins, Bills and Patriots and they've so this uh, runs the, of finals. So this is the Patriots time where they're dominating. Why are they dominating? Talk to me about it's their incredible. season. Well, 11-5, it's not as good as the Rams. They've un, where they were undefeated, uh, at, you know, in their home. Uh, in, in Fox, 8 and 0. That's incredible. incredible. So away they struggle. They are going to be away this weekend in Atlanta. Obviously, they're not going to focus on that too much because they it's did neutral, win an away. Though, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah, they did. They did win away in the championship game at Arrowhead. So this is the Patriots. Talk to me about their season. Yeah, again, it, it, it's an interesting one because this sounds ridiculous. I think most pundits, fans, or any NFL fans, especially at the start of the season or during, they started one and two, I believe. Everyone's like, oh, Patriots are a little bit weaker this year, a little bit suspect. And there's no shame in saying that. They were, but this is what they do. And I, I'm not being a hypocrite. I, I, I was a fool myself. I, I bought in those. I was saying all this, but this is what they do. They peak at the right time. They're not great on the road. They won at Arrowhead, which is a notoriously difficult place mm. to go and win. So, so you can forget that stat. It's yeah, out the window. Yeah, Don't I mean, it's the, the biggest, but Yeah, they might have lost away at the Titans or other places, but the most important time when they needed a win, they got it. Exactly. So that's, that's already blown out of the water for me. But... They just do it when they need to do it. And until they're knocked off this perch, I mean, the game plans, it's everything. They know what they're doing and they've been here before where you said that level of experience counts. This is, this is a second home for them. And, uh, and something that you know, I, I spoke about a minute ago and it needs to get shouted up is that, to be fair, all teams, they, they lose head coaches, coordinators because they get poached for the next tier up. If you're a wide receiver coach, then you get an offensive coordinator job or ETC. And, and lots of teams lose coaches and personnel move on and front office changes. But it feels like maybe, maybe I could be wrong. The Patriots have a lot of that. You know, Matt Patricia moved on and he's net job of the Lions. And whoever's basically at the Patriots, they get a head coaching mm. job. It's like the, it's the gateway to getting a job. You know, now Brian Flores, he's going to be the Dolphins head coach. And every year they have this upheaval of change. Rebuilding. And they still, they still make it. They still get there. It's incredible because other teams will be in turmoil over this. They learn new schemes and learn new plays. And Josh McDaniels went and now he's back. And, and they lose players, you know. They, they, they're they quite, not famous for it, but they they let people walk out on deals because they'll never overpay anyone, you know. Yeah. Dion Lewis went and Malcolm Butler went and Josh Gordon, they, they, they traded for him. Then he goes down and they still make it. Edelman, you said, you know, he was on a, a ban to start the year. Four games he didn't play. And now he's their receiving leader. But well, this is building up, Charlie, and I, I, I feel like this is going to help this. The fact that the two mainstays are the same. Bill Belichick does not change and neither does Tom Brady in those years. And I think that is that key to success. Yeah. And the key of that is their relationship. And people say, oh, it's fiery. They don't get on. They don't need to. They don't need to be best mates. They're born 
winners. All they want, they can be on every different page. The one page they're on the same are is winning. They both have a massive, jealous obsession, urgency to beat every opponent mm. that's in front of them. It's that one game at a time men- mentality, and they can do this whole underdog narrative mentality. But you know, and Brady, they're just. There's something about, you know, we go, oh, no one beats father time. He's, he's aging like a fine wine. wine. Thank and you. Some stats. Like, oh, well, what, what, what wine? What does Edelman say to him? Which I found fascinating. He says, you're old. You're old. You're too old for this. Just, and, and I was like, oh, that's a bit rude. Are they having mm. a falling out? And you went, no, Tom, think about it. It's the fact it, it gets ingrained in Brady and he he's just like, um, no one tells me that. I, yeah. I, I choose, not the other way around. Exactly. No one tells you, you know, it's that thing. No one tells you reverse psychology, you can't do something because the moment you can't do it, what do you want to do? You, you want to grab, it's like a little kid, oh, you can't have orange juice. So I really want orange juice now. It's, it's that whole mental, I don't know how I've compared Super Bowl winning to orange juice, but. Uh, orange juice is good, mate. It's good. Good for you. Um, but yeah, Brady, the, the fine wine thing, you know, so some stats, because I was looking into this, it's just incredible. There's no slowing down. And people say there's a decline, and and I don't know if this was just a narrative to maybe psych them up, but Anthony Lynn, the the head coach of the Chargers, you know, he said they were trying to get him, goad him into saying uh, something when the Chargers were facing the Patriots. He said, well, if um, if there is a decline, I haven't seen any on the tape. And uh, again, appearing in the, the postseason tells me that uh, that narrative is wrong. So Brady in his 20s against Brady in his 40s. I'm going to give you a few stats. Bum, bum, bum. Points per game on average. Brady 20s, 25.3. Brady's 40s, 34. Completion rate. Brady's 20s, 60.7. Brady's 40s, 66.8. Yards per game on average. 20 Brady. uh, 20s like Brady in his 20s. 229.8. Brady in his 40s, 364. Touchdown to uh, interception ratio in his 20s. Every 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions. In his 40s, every 10 touchdowns, two interceptions. And then um, rating, quarterback rating, Brady in his 20s, 86.2. Brady in his 40s, 101.8. Okay. Now that, Charlie, I see what's happened there. I, I, it doesn't take an expert to know. He's matured like a fine wine. Thank you. However, uh, it's just a side element. And, and I think people will go, well, obviously, they're, they're, they're not asking him to do too much now. They're keeping it simple. Well, simple's winning and simple's doing Less the job. More. Exactly. He's never been a mobile quarterback. He's only this year reached for a thousand rushing yards. People like Cam Newton or uh, did Rogers, that in three or yeah, did that in, like, in like, like 30 games or 50 games or something ridiculous. Obviously, don't correct me on that. I know it's, that's wrong, but yeah. a short <laughs> amount of time. Um, but the yeah, po- so it's, it's incredible. And, and it's what... He said a famous quote, actually, about Joshua McDaniels. He said, the knowledge that I have in this, this, this playbook and the knowledge of defences, you know, he's probably never seen a new look. Mm. Harry can unlock these defences. He's seen it all. He's been around. So when this whole... And I don't get this whole, A, I want the Patriots to lose, but B, oh, like, when's Brady retiring? Why is he retiring? Like, why would Adam Vinatieri rank? He's still performing at this level. He's reaching a Super Bowl, three years running. He's still hungry why? for success. Yeah, why? I, I don't understand. I really, I really don't understand. And yeah, I mean, do I want different winners and do I want really competitive environments? Of course, but we could be, we're witnessing greatness. When are we going to see the next generation of greatness? So 
I'm enjoying it from afar. It's like, you know, Roger Federer when he's dominating tennis. You know, you want another winner, but you have to appreciate what what we're witnessing. Yeah, indeed. And even in the decline in uh, Djokovic, just if you want to talk tennis, he's just gone back and uh, and and won. So so it, it it can be there. The Patriots, even when they're sort of on a dip, they, they get the job done. It's interesting, the stats, uh, when you look at them, they lost to the Jags, lost to the Lions, lost to the Dolphins. We know the Miami Miracle. The Steelers, 17-10, and the Titans away. Um, they didn't lose at home. I, I just I just like them. The one, not even a criticism, uh, 7.5 sacks is the highest they had for Trey Flowers. Is the fact they can't get to the opposition quarterback going to affect them in this game? Because what I do love about them uh, is the fact they've got um, David Andrews protecting uh, Tom Brady and allowing the run game to flourish. Uh, he's going to have to stop Aaron Donald. Uh, do you think it's more important their offensive line or their defensive line going into this game? That's a very, very good question. Oh, I, I came up question. with it on the spot and I'm happy Ooh. with it. <laughs> There's that trumpet again. Put that down. Um, no, I'm joking, mate. I know you're joking. No, it's a, it's a brilliant question because <laughs> they matter. Uh, not Depending on the, on the game. They depend they on the game. They matter so equally because if Tom Brady's getting annihilated, then, then that offensive line is really important. But... They need to get to Jared Goff as well to stop him doing it. So, so massive. But we know we know when Tom's pressured and blitzed, you know, we saw the Eagles do it in a number of years, then he will be in trouble. But if they can get to Goff and stop, I don't know, maybe the offensive line then. Okay. Because line, could you put up the why points? it's more important then, I'll go for it, because they haven't had that many sacks this year, you've told me, yeah. and they've still made the playoff, uh, the Super Bowl. So then yeah. that's really not affected their They've got a winning game formula. plan. Yeah. So the offensive line, I'll, I'll, I'll get off the fence. Okay, all right, I like that. The Patriots will win. This is my theory on this, and a lot of people are thinking it, is that if they have a running back rush for 100 yards in the game, they are 11-0 in postseason if they have a running back that goes over 100 yards. They've got Sony Michelle, and they've got James White to do that. Um, they've been incredibly impressive, uh, those two guys, because they're not just uh, a running back for yardage. They're also catching it, and when they're going out there, they're a double threat. Yeah, that's Patterson. why they've been so yeah. so good this year. No, exactly. And and, and does Gronk? That's a, another question I want to get to. Is Gronk whether he plays and how he seems to be getting better? People are talking about his retirement, but is he going to be a big factor in the game? Should the Rams focus on Gronk like they used well, to? You double team. You have to worry him. You, I mean, you have to. He has to be a concern, and you have to game plan for him because it would be foolish not to, but he hasn't really had a great year, but he had a fantastic last game. And yeah. this is what they do. They have an uncanny knack of performing when they need to and, and performing in the games that are going to be remembered. Is anyone really going to remember that Titans result in six months' time that they no. lost that, or they went down to the Lions who were picking in the top eight? No, they're going to remember how they performed on Sunday. Yeah. That's the only game that matters. Yeah. I, I, when we do a pod next year, go oh, the Patriots won again. Yeah, but what when the Lions they didn't get yeah, it doesn't matter, they won. So yeah. and look at the Lions season. Compared. Yeah, so it's 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 really interesting, but this whole domination, this you know, it's like you said a minute ago with the old tennis thing, and it's it's like Tiger Woods in his prime. People didn't want Tiger Woods to keep winning, but we're getting to watch something that we, we we're not seeing before and the whole we've only seen four quarterbacks in the AFC in the last sixteen years playing the AFC Championship game. Four quarterbacks, or represent, sorry, the AFC in the Super Bowl. Should mm. I say I got that wrong? Four in 16 years. That's mad. Do you know they are? The, the AFC, uh, well, I know Tom Brady is going to be one, um, but uh, you're <laughs> putting me on the spot. Come on. The last, last how many seasons? 16. 
Oh, mate. Who's the big on. AFC? Mate, you're come oh, on. Oh, come on. Um, big Ben. Yeah. Ben Rufflesberger. And, and this is, you're going to kick yourself in the head when you don't get this one. Uh, one's really obvious. Oh, Peyton Manning. Yeah. And, and one's not so obvious. Uh, uh, Donovan McNabb. Then I'm just no. throwing that out there. Well, he, that is NFC Eagles. Oh, mate. I've had a... Bl- Joe I've... Flacco, Ravens. Really? Mm. Oh, okay. All right, fair enough. I'll take that. I don't know why I said... If don't put you on the spot. No, no. I liked it, though. I liked it. It's good to get one wrong, because then I'm, I won't make that mistake again. <laughs> so, all right. So, Charlie, uh, we've, we've given a little mini breakdown. Um, we're coming into the fourth quarter of the game. This is where it gets really juicy, because throughout the year, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we've put ourselves against one another. We've gone versus in terms it's of our prediction picks. time. It's, I feel like it should be prediction time here, Charlie. And okay. to help you uh, on our Twitter, ice the kicker pod, we've had a poll, which is still technically running while we record this, but the people have spoken, Charlie, and they reckon 78% of the people have voted that the Patriots will win the Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta. 22% uh, say the Rams. Uh, we were going to put in a other, but we, we decided that that couldn't happen. So there's no point. Um, so Charlie, that's what the people say. That's the fans of this podcast. And we appreciate you getting involved. But Charlie, what do you say for this game and your reasons why? You go first. Okay. Um, for me, because I was trying to break this down, as I think we all are. I want the Rams to win. Now, I'm a Niners fan. That means nothing. The NFC West. I want the Rams to win because I feel like I'm excited about watching the Rams play, even as uh, trying to put myself as a neutral and say, I like what they do. However, my mind tells me, you look at the Patriots, you look at the history, they've got that experience going into this game. They've got Bill Belichick. The years, I think it's 44 years in the NFL, uh, 44th season in the NFL coaching. The man knows, like you say, he's seen everything. They've done everything. Yeah, that doesn't mean they haven't lost. They're not invincible. But I feel this is why the Patriots are going to win. But do I want them to win? No. Will I put money on the Patriots? Yes. But I might also put a cheeky bet on the Rams as well. Uh, and, and that's based on, I think, they've just been ticking at the right time, the Patriots, and they know how to win. That's why I'm saying the Patriots. I think, and genuinely, this is the first Super Bowl where I've, I've always gone, oh, they're going to win, they're going to win. Right or wrong, I've, I've picked many wrong and right <laughs> over the years. But this is genuinely one I, I, I'm struggling to call because I can make a case as easily yeah. for both. And I believe that, I, I can see it in my, like, it wouldn't surprise me now, the way like the Pats beat the Chiefs and they get the run game going and they score on their opening drive and they're 14-0 up. Or it, another... Um, game like the Falcons, the Rams racing and then we see it, there's a shot of Tom Brady on the sidelines, they come back. None of that surprised me. But it wouldn't surprise me if Gurley and McVeigh and the young guns just literally rout them. That, that would not surprise me. But if the Patriots perform like they have in this postseason, <laughs> yep. and they this whole two weeks with Bill Belichick to plan and planning for the Rams taking away, this whole game plan, they... I don't know the song about these game plans. I feel that the Rams to beat the... And it, it's very doable. Could happen. But the Rams to beat the Patriots, the Rams yeah. have to be absolutely... Lights fo- out. Yeah, lights out. So, for me, I'm going to go with the Patriots. But, I'm going to put a twist on it. Ooh. The Patriots win. Yeah. But in a very big comeback way, I think the Rams are going to storm the blocks. The Rams are going to come out. Todd Gurley's going to get the first touchdown. There's your, there's your banker. Thank you. <laughs> Gurley's going to win MVP. Yeah. 
But Patriots win the Super Bowl. Gurley to win MVP. Patriots win Super Bowl. Oh, double. Wow. Um, well, there you go. That's what we think. Do let us know what you think on our Instagram. Can't wait till the Rams win next week. For the yeah. <laughs> but, but like you say... I'm think... not rooting for anyone. I hope, do you know what? Yeah, like, yeah. Both sets of fans, I, I hope they enjoy it. And forever, like, I, I, no affinity to either. I'm, I'm no. happy for either. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But we can make a case, as we do now as neutrals, make a case for each team and what we think. Uh, Charlie, couldn't have put it better myself uh, than what you said about why you think the Patriots are going to win. And I've said, because I'm just going to go with history and experience with the Patriots. Do I want the Rams to win and, and uh, you know, upset the apple cart? Ooh, love that phrase. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, we will see. It's going to be an amazing Super Bowl. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Uh, we'll be probably be tweeting out while it's uh, happening. Loads. Well. And, and I can't wait till next week's pod and we can break it all down. Beautiful. Well, that is what is happening. Uh, so in about seven days time, we'll be back uh, with another Ice the Kicker podcast. It'll be two little ducks. That's 22 for anybody who's unfamiliar with bingo terms. Uh, we'll be back. Now, how do we end the podcast? Well, we get one of you, the fans, to get involved and close the show out. So if you want to do this, you know how to get involved. Uh, it's info at icethekicker.com is the way you can email us. Right then, uh, we'll hand it over to our fan, but it's goodbye from me, and it's uh, and it's goodbye from me. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Murph here from the Five Yard Rush podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am a Buccaneers fan. I know you've had a Buccaneers fan already, but promised it's Super Bowl week to give a prediction. I believe the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady will be the MVP. And by the way, you've just been iced by the kicker. <laughs>